Amen. You believe it? God can never fail. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, as we come before you today, we know that you are fully committed to fulfill every promise you have ever made. You cannot fail. It is not in your nature to fail at all. So we come before you with confidence that you are for us and that you have promises that will bring us into life and godliness. Lord, whatever we're facing today, we believe that you are more than able in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Thanks for coming uh, to church. I do have a sling on my arm. I am aware of that. And, uh, and you will actually have to get used to this for the next little bit. Um, I had an accident a couple of years ago, actually. I slipped on the ice uh, on my back porch, carrying my dog outside to go to the bathroom. Uh, the dog was going to the bathroom, not me. <laughs> Which is not to say that I haven't gone to the bathroom outside, but that's another point altogether. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I slipped uh, off my porch and landed on my shoulder and uh, preserved my dog and thought it was a victory until I couldn't pick up a cup of coffee with my left hand or arm at all, which is not a good thing when you can't pick up your coffee, right? So anyway, I've been through a couple of years of, uh, literally two years of uh, cortisone shot or physical therapy and just sort of waiting it out and finally realized I was going to have to do something about this. Had an MRI. I had a torn tendon that had pulled out of its socket. And so uh, they had to put it all back together again. So uh, this, is, uh, this is what I get to do for the next couple of months. And it's all good. So if you want to pray for Suzette, that would be awesome. <laughs> Because, as you would imagine, everything in our world is now centered on uh, my arm, unfortunately. But she, I know she makes fun of the fact that she calls herself Nurse Helga, but she's actually a pretty good nurse. And so she's an awesome, awesome nurse for me. Hey, uh, a couple things for a dive into the message that I have for today. Um, uh, we, are, we are big believers in the idea of getting connected to people, and that's what really matters. And so it's one good thing to come to church and uh, to be inspired, uh, to be lifted up, but ultimately you got to make a connection to real people, and that's where, that's where your growth is. That, that's nobody, nobody fulfills a great life alone. So there's a number of ways that we go about doing this, but first I should just say this, is that we're off to a great start for 2018. Can you believe we're already March um, plowing through? But uh, just in the first couple of months of this year, we've already had 190 people uh, respond to give their life to Christ or to come back to Christ. And... That is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful moment. Uh, you know, I, I wish everybody had the opportunity to be up here to watch people respond and, and watch the Holy Spirit move on people's lives. But we know that your response to the Lord or a person's response to the Lord 
um, at the end of a service. It's an emotional moment. It's a Holy Spirit uh, empowered moment. But you still got to take the next step, right? So and that's what we're always doing. We're taking the next step. So uh, we got a couple of ways that you can be involved in taking the next step, and they are built around small groups, rock groups, and we're starting a new thing this Wednesday called Alpha, and Alpha is uh, uh, if you're a new believer or new to our church and you really want to get some foundations down for what you believe and make some connections, that will be every Wednesday night in downstairs in the family room directly underneath uh, this stage. And uh, that's every Wednesday night, 6.30. Great opportunity to learn. Even more, though, than learning, great opportunity to connect with real people and move forward. And then we've started a new semester, obviously, of uh, small groups. And I just would encourage you, uh, you know, you don't have to stay in a small group forever, for sure, but, but we, we have new semesters every three months, and it would be great for you to get connected to somebody and uh, let them be part of your destiny team, let you be part of their destiny team. So, uh, so explore all the small groups that we have going on right now, get involved, and, and let's stay connected. That's the way to grow together. Amen? Amen. All right, we're in the book of Hebrews, and uh, I've entitled this series Better. Everybody say better. And uh, we're parking kind of on a passage, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, and I want to talk about foundations for new levels for your life. And this is uh, really the second kind of installment of that idea. And uh, Hebrews 6, verse 1 Uh, Let's read it together. Verses will be on the screen. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. This we will do if God permits. I love this idea that the Bible is encouraging us to press on to maturity uh, because you don't drift into maturity. You don't drift into greatness. You make choices that are wise and you make choices that involve faith. You make choices that uh, bring your life under the submission of Jesus and there's always this press on to a new level because I believe God has a future in mind for you. And I believe that the future that God has in mind for you is better than your present day. It's, it's, better, it's better than your past has been. And all of us have been given as human beings this potential, this capacity to create a future, to to coordinate with God, to cooperate with God, and together to press on to maturity, to press on to fruitfulness, to press on to the new level. And this passage is telling us that we got to keep the fundamentals in place. We got to keep the foundations in place. And we got to understand that the, the fundamentals uh, or the foundations are always present for us. In other words, you don't just learn something about Jesus and then go one and done. 
You know, you don't just learn something about, about God and learn, say you learn something about prayer or about serving or about loving and one and done. I mean, you know, there's always another level to go to, there, there, which is a good thing. I mean, it, it's, it's all of our life God has made it available for us to keep growing and, and we, have to, we have to take the foundations, take the fundamentals, and reapply them at every new level. We, we, uh, we take them and, in other words, what you thought repentance from dead works was 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago, you might be in a new season where you need to be reminded one more time it is not by your effort, right, that you have got to now in the now, in today, in the season that you're at right now, um, you got to repent from dead works. And I believe that there are a lot of layers to this, and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. By the way, didn't our three next-gen guys do a great job last week? I was so proud of them. Um, I watched them online at home on the couch, and uh, which was so good. But there's no replacement for being in the room. Sorry. Uh, so it's good. It's good when you're recovering from a surgery, but but uh, it's typically much better to be in the room. But what I want to talk about today, what I want to drill down on this idea, and I and it's it's such a big idea to me that we have got to learn how to change the currency of our life moving forward, of our life becoming what God wants it to be from dead works to a spirit of faith. We, we've got to change that. In other words, you, you can't just try harder and have a better life. There's, gotta, there's something deeper than that. There's something beyond that. There's something underneath that where you change currency from trying harder to believing God, where you change currency from, uh, from trying to trusting, where you repent, literally you change your mind about how you move forward in any arena of life, faith toward God is the, the subject for today, uh, and, and faith toward God is, is an operating system. It's a, it, it's a new operating system on how to succeed in life. It is your faith that is going to determine uh, your spirituality. It is your faith that is going to determine your relationships. It is, it is that spirit of faith that's inside of us that's going to allow us to stay fresh and alive in God. You, you, you know, you had faith for yesterday and what was going on yesterday, but today I want to encourage you to have fresh living, active, current faith toward God today. So, to keep this spirit of faith, this living faith, this current 
faith, this active faith. Faith is, it's an attitude. You know, it's a, I think some people are, are mystified by faith, and, and I hope to take some of that away today. But there is a spirit of faith. There is an attitude uh, that is faith-empowered, that there is, a, there is a, an, a, an outlook on life, on all of life, that is born out of faith toward God, right? Faith, faith chooses to go to the positive. Faith refuses to gravitate towards the negative. Faith, faith is, it's, it's the bottom line. And I know some people say it's, you know, faith, not feelings. And I get where they're coming from. But I just want to tell you that there are, there is a feeling that goes with the spirit of faith. And, and when you carry that and when you stir that and you, you keep it alive and you keep it current, not just for where you were a few years ago or a few months ago, but you keep it alive for where you are right now. You're applying the foundation, the fundamental to this current season that you're, you are in your life. Faith is the bottom line collateral for dealing with God. God is looking for faith in our life. And if I could do anything today, I, I would love for the Holy Spirit to teach every one of us how to exchange, to live on a new currency that is not just your works, your efforts, but faith. Faith does work. Faith does produce works. But it's a different frequency, right? Then the book of James tell us, if, if you have faith, it's going to show up in works. And I think some people, you know, they, they don't understand how this all works, but true faith results in good works. Works that are born out of faith, action that is born out of faith, responses that are born out of faith. So, and I spent some time talking about this, but there, there are good works, that we should be doing. <laughs> in other words, we're not just kicking back, we're pressing on. We're involved in this thing. We're, we're leaning into it. But then there are dead works. So good works do those. <laughs> dead works <laughs> stop those. Quit relying on all of life being up to you. It's not all up to you. You don't have to do this on your own. You can operate. Your operating system can, you can operate from a place of rest, from a place of trust. Faith toward God. I believe a spirit of faith is, is rocket fuel for a successful Christian life. And when we, when we lose that sense of confidence in God and confidence in his promise and confidence in his heart 
toward us, when we lose that, we, we start trying to make it happen on our own. We, we start struggling and straining and striving, and that's when people go, you know what, this is just too hard. But God is, God is most after faith. The Bible says, further on, we're going to see this in Hebrews, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I think that we've been tricked into this idea that our good behavior is what pleases God. And it is not your behavior that God is after. It's your faith that God is after. You, now, you got you to get this idea. Jesus didn't come into this earth to get us to behave. Jesus didn't die on the cross to create a whole group of people who would be nice. And, and when, when our, our sense of vision, our sense of destiny, our sense of mission, our, our sense of, of fulfillment in life becomes entirely dependent on our behavior, that's the dead works that we have to repent from, and we, we turn into leaning toward God. When you, be, when you believe right, you start behaving right. Right? So, so I like, I really believe that God deserves my first and best. I just believe that. And whether he even promised to give anything back to me or open the windows of heaven over my life or, or hold back the devourer from my life, even if he didn't promise that, which he did, but even if he didn't promise that, I really believe that God deserves my first and my best. So I'm going to rearrange everything about my life to make sure that he gets that first 10%. It, that belief affects my behavior. Can you see what I'm saying? When I really believe that a spirit of generosity will enlarge your life. So I'm not trying to hold on. I'm not trying to hoard. I'm trying to find ways to bless. I'm trying to find ways to give because I really do believe that. I, I really do believe that when I said to Suzette a few years ago, 30-something, six, seven, eight, I don't know, somewhere in there in that zone a long time ago, I, I really believe that when we made that commitment before God, that we made a lifelong commitment to one another. That, that belief affects my behavior. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Right? So, uh, honestly, I think when anybody does, if somebody steals... What they're really saying is, I don't believe God will take care of me, so I better take advantage of a situation. If When your belief becomes right, your behavior becomes right. And 
But what I'm saying today, it's, it's subtle, but it's enormous. Christianity is not behavior modification. Christianity isn't, you better start behaving, you're a Christian now. Christianity is having a spirit of faith that we understand that that's how we interact with God. That's how we move to the next level. That's how we become a great dad, a great husband, a great wife. That's how we prosper in life. I want to set us free from this idea you got to do better to get better. That's a good place to say amen. Things would be better if I could only do better. No, and, and that, that idea will creep in on you. And that's why I'm encouraging you to have a spirit of faith today. Because it's not about, because you got to know God is for you. God is committed to you. And he wants to look after you. What he is after is you trust him enough to obey him and let him take care of the results for your life. That's good preaching with a sling on, I just got to say. Amen. So we're called to be believers, not just behaviors. We, we call believing righteousness, be, behaving righteousness, but God calls believing righteousness. That's what he's after, our believing. Matthew chapter 9, uh, here's a little st- story of the impact of faith on a, on a family, on a, on a situation. Matthew 9, verse 27. Jesus was leaving the house. He was followed by two blind men. They were crying out, have mercy, son of David. Been waiting for the bus all day. When only people my age will get that. ZZ Top reference. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. Jesus said to them, do, do you really believe I can do this? They said, Why, yes, master. Jesus touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Wow. And I just want to say to you, we all eventually become what we really believe. Our entire lives are shaped by what we believe. Believing is what faith does. So what you believe, what I believe, what we believe about God, what we really believe about his word, what we really believe about ourselves, what we really believe about life, I'm just going to say to you, you will become what you believe. Your faith creates your world. Your faith, what you really believe, shapes your world. So what do you believe about God? Do you believe God's a good God who loves to bless, who loves to help, who's for you, 
Or do you believe that God is pretty ticked off and just looking for an opportunity to straighten you out, to take you down, to deal with you? Some people live their entire life, they're Christians. They actually, they love God, but their view of God is he's got to be dealing with me all the time. And how many of you know, if you were a parent that was dealing with your kid every day, all day, how many of you know that relationship would start to deteriorate a bit? Come on. Come on. Got, got to be 75%, 90% love, 10%. We don't do that around here, right? But what do you really believe about God? And sometimes you got to get up and remind yourself, God is for me. God is going to work this out. He's going to make a way where there was no way. What do you believe about God? Because that's what's going to shape your life. What do you believe about life? Do you, do you believe in abundant life? Do you believe that life is small? Life is limited? Life is limited to you? What do you believe about life? Is, is life a maintenance project? Or are you on a mission? What do you believe about? Are you on purpose? It's because what you believe about life is shaping your choices. Come on, it's shaping your life. Somebody say amen. Right? What do you believe about yourself? What do, you, do you believe that you are a grasshopper? That you are small? That you're never able? That, every, that all the problems around you are bigger than you? Or do you believe you're a giant killer? What do you believe about yourself? Because what you believe about yourself, when you, when you know who you are in Jesus, when you know what you have when you're in Jesus, and you lean into that and you believe on that, can I just tell you it changes your life? What do you believe about money? Because that's shaping your life. Do you believe there's a lot of it out there and it's just looking for a way to get into your life? Or do you believe that it just squeaks around and you gotta, you're blaming somebody else for why you're not getting ahead? Amen, Pastor. You know, if you believe that there's a river that flows from the throne of God, you'll be generous in every arena. But if you do not really believe there's a river, then you're going to be stingy. What do you believe? Because what you believe is shaping your life. Right? There's nobody else. It's you. Oh, well. Sorry. What do you believe about relationships? That people are, are a blessing? That people are a help, that people are a blast, or, or do you believe that people are looking to rip you off, and you get guarded, and you get, I'm not going to let anybody in my world, I'm not, I'm not going to trust that pastor, I had a pastor in the past that was evil. Hmm. 
What you believe shapes your world. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the assurance or literally the substance of the thing you're hoping for. It lives in you before it manifests outside of you. The conviction of things that you haven't seen yet. I love this passage because it reminds us that faith is now. That now faith is. And my encouragement to you today is that you would be a a believer now. That you would have a spirit of faith. I don't know what you're going through, but I bet you're going through something because you're alive on this planet. (laughs) And my encouragement to you today is to bring the foundation. Faith isn't just an idea. You got to bring the spirit of faith into what you're facing today. Believing is a present tense issue. Here's what I know. Life is hard. Life can knock you around. Stuff can happen. You can drift. And we can stop being a believer now. Here's where we'd ever want to find ourselves. Used to be a believer. Now I'm just a knower. I know what you're saying, Pastor. As a matter of fact, I think I've heard you say that before. You've been around long enough to know it all. You think you know, but your knowing is not believing. I really believe I've I've got a decent amount of experience. That is helpful in some places, but it's unhelpful in other places. I've got a decent amount of knowledge, but that's not always helpful. Because that doesn't mean I have a spirit of faith for today, what's going on today. And the Bible is always encouraging us to believe in the gospel, believe in good news. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, you, you got to make a decision to believe good news, right? Negative, easy. Cynical, easy. Doubt, easy. Weeds, easy. Quitting, easy. But to believe in the good news that God is for you now, And God has a plan for your future. I'm just saying, God wants us to face this chapter in our lives with faith, with confidence, 
with this sense of certainty that we are trusting God, faith toward God. It's not just faith in faith, it's faith in a God who's for you, who loves you, who who paid every price possible for us. Matthew, Mark chapter 9, one more passage of scripture, and there's another story of faith impacting a family, faith impacting a dad, faith impacting lives. Verse 20, Mark 9, verse 20, they brought the boy to him. When he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion. Falling to the ground, he began rolling around, foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, Jesus did, how long has this been happening to him? From childhood. In other words, here's a problem that's been around for a while. You got anything in your life that you go, it's been around for a while, I guess it's just the way it's going to be. It has often thrown him both into the fire, into the water. Come on, this is your son, right? This matters to destroy him. But if you, if you could do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible. All things become a possibility to him who believes. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Anybody, anybody want to pray that prayer today? I do believe, help my unbelief. If you can, is what Jesus said. If you can believe, if you could have faith, all things are a possibility when you're believing. When you believe that God's desire is for good, when you believe that God's promise is for your good, when you believe that God's intention for your life is good, even when things don't look right for you right now, even though things have been that way for a while, there's something in us that says, God, I believe your promise more than my circumstance And maybe the circumstance hasn't shifted, but I believe you can still shift it. Come on. It's it's never, can God do it? It's, can we believe? Now, I don't want to put any condemnation on anybody, so I want to tactfully walk this kind of tightrope on this, because I'm not trying to put something on you. But I want us to get this thing. We are the filter. How much of God's goodness can flow into and through our life comes through what we really believe is possible. That's that's what creates our possibilities. So he has this prayer. He says, help, help me, help my unbelief. I have believed, but help my unbelief. 
And how many of you know unbelief is a form of belief? You know, what the heck do you mean by that? Unbelief is you're believing in what you don't believe. I don't believe God heals people. Is that what you believe? It's like when somebody wants to say, there's no absolutes. And I always go, are you absolutely sure? Because your belief that there's no absolutes is your belief system. And that system is creating your life. In the world that we live in today, when people go, well, there's no really one right way to believe. Well, that means that's what you believe. That you can believe anything you want. So when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He, went, he didn't leave a lot of wiggle room. And you might have an argument with that. That's up to you. You don't have an argument with me. Because I didn't say it. But I believe it. Because I do believe that Jesus is smarter than me. And I cannot create in my own head, well, Jesus, you don't quite understand. It's 2018. Can't believe like that. So when somebody says, I don't really believe in healing, that God could heal me, that's what they believe. When somebody says, I don't believe God wants to bless my life, cause me to flourish, that's what they believe. That belief is shaping their world. When somebody says, I don't believe in God, that's what they believe. There is no God. I want you to understand, everybody's believing something. That's what I'm saying. Everybody is having faith for something. They're having faith for negative. They're having faith for cynical. They're having faith for things are never going to work out for me. They're having faith for so many things. Unbelieving sets the parameters of our world, decides the possibilities of our world. And I love what Jesus says. Just said, if you, if you, tells the guy, the father, if you can. In other words, could you trust God with your son? Could you trust God with your work? Could you trust God with your finances? I, I believe with all of my heart, that your best days are in front of you. You've had some good days, you've had some tough days, but your best days are in front of you. You have not exhausted 
all of the God possibilities. You, you might know a bunch of stuff and be trapped in what you know. And I'm here today to shake that up a little bit because I love you and to get you to believe that you have not exhausted all of God's ideas, all of God's creativity, all of God's power, all of God's grace. There's still more for you. I don't care. I don't care if you're young or old. I don't care if you feel strong or you feel weak. I don't care if you're in a good season or a bad season. I'm saying to you, faith toward God for this present season of your life is foundational. It, for every issue that you're facing, it's not up to you to fix it with your effort. Now, there, as you trust God, he may tell you to do something. That's a good work. But you're not trying to fix it. You're trusting God to fix it. Whatever, you're, whatever challenge you're facing right now, whatever opportunity you're facing right now, whatever obstacle is in your way, I'm here to encourage us to have a fresh, vibrant, alive, current spirit of faith for now. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes, and let me just pray. Father, as we come before you today, we are uh, encouraged and challenged by your word, and we want to lean into you. And I know all of us in this room, we're facing our own stuff, our own dilemmas, our own obstacles, our own opportunities. And I'm praying that that something that goes beyond just an explanation with words, but that a spirit of faith is arising in our church and arising in every person that is in this room today, every person that would even be watching online. Father, you still heal. You still help. You still provide. And we lean into you. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just want to take two more minutes. Maybe you're here today and you have never really extended faith toward God, trusted God with your life. And I, I just want, I want to pray with you to let's take this step together. You've never given your life to Christ or maybe you used to be close to him, but you know it's not alive right now, and you've got to enter back in. You just feel unsure. Come on, let's all step into that place where our life is really fully in the hands of God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I, I, want, I want to surrender to Jesus. I, I want to come back to what I, I used to have and, and more. Uh, I want to be sure. Would you pray for me? And I just want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want you to signal toward heaven right now. God bless you. That, yeah, Jesus, I want you in my world. I'm not trying to do life on my own anymore. I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to clear the way. I need you to help me. Is there anybody else? 
that would say, yeah, would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's say this prayer together. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but let's all just, it's a good prayer for all of us to pray today. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your goodness, to your mercy, to your care. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I'm coming to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. I receive a fresh new start, a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.